Man, once you've given a smile away and some love away, it's so good to see everyone today. Amen. How many knows what today is? First day of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we start out our 21 days every time, hey, in the Sunday service, being together, enjoying the presence of God and enjoying one another. And if you haven't yet been a part of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, I assure you, you will be encouraged. Amen. You can come hang out with us tomorrow evening at 6.30 to 7.30. Amen. And um, you will be encouraged. Put it to the test. Amen. Ask the Lord today to uh, uh, give you something that you can push back on so you can give him more room. And trust him with that and see what he does. It's amazing how that when we ask, we can receive. And the Lord just was putting my spirit here while I was sitting up front, amen, and, and enjoying the worship service. He said, uh, he said uh, we have not because we ask not. And so he said, I'm, I'm encourage, encourage everyone to spend a little bit more time being like a child that asks mommy and daddy, what's that? What's this? How's that work? And just get into the mode of asking him more rather than asking Google. He, he put that in my spirit while I was standing there. He said, spend more time asking me first before you go ask Google. Amen. Everybody say amen again. He loves his children to ask, seek, and knock because he wants to give us the kingdom. And the reason we often don't have the kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy, and that word righteousness, don't get that, don't get that mixed up with a religious word because it sounds Christianese, means innocence. Amen. He, he wants you to quit seeking his approval. You already have it. The enemy is working overtime to get you worried about the fact of whether or not God likes you or not. And so you'll spend a lot of your time trying to live up to an idea that you're good enough potentially that God will accept you finally. Stop it, he says. You don't seek my approval. You already have it. Just hang out with me and let's see what happens. Does that sound like daddy? Does that sound like a good mommy and daddy to their kids? Quit trying to seek my approval to their kids. I already, you already have it. You're my kids. Amen. Just hang out together and let's see what happens. Amen. God wants to give us his kingdom. And so if you, if you haven't tried the 21 days of prayer and fasting, I know that sounds like, wow, man, that's, that's just like, oh, I ain't got time for that. Yeah, in the world we're living, the culture has squeezed us so much that it squeezed out, amen, some time to be with him and to be with together. And so I just want to encourage you to put that to the test. Amen. That's good. I know it's good. And, and to all the leaders of the house, the department leaders, the life changers, amen, we're able to enjoy, amen, everything being ordered and clean and put together because of the energy they put on Saturday morning, amen, between 7.30 and about 10 o'clock. They just come up and they just put a lot of effort into getting everything ready. And thank you to the life changers, amen, for... I know you're coming together and having fellowship with one another and spending small group time together doing it, but thank you again for the energy you put in to make this, amen, available and uh, successful and pleasant, amen, and nice on Sundays. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Amen. We've been in a series called The Promise, and uh, we're in part seven right now. And I just want to give you a quick rehearsal of the, the, um, the, the parts that we've been going through because in most spirit-filled groups, the promise is an initial experience of God where we're filled with God's spirit and fire. And that's true because without the spirit of God and the fire of God, we cannot live up to his passion for us to be his witness, to, to live out his identity, to be his representative, to be his mouthpiece, amen, so that he can speak through us to because he's limiting himself to our availability. Everybody agree with that. And to, to the guest, it's so good you're here, but you, in order for you to really catch up, you need to go back and listen to every part of this because the promise is so significant that it's the key to life. It's the key to you becoming. It's the key to you enjoying all that God has for you. It's the key to you receiving the kingdom of God. Amen. And so we know that the enemy does his job well because he wants to steal and kill and destroy all that potential that you have. And he's working feverishly. He never tires of that. And so part Part one included that we, we received the promise so that we can understand the value of God in our life. Uh, I can't understand who God is without God working in my life. And so the promise, the experience of God's promise creates value from me to him. You're awesome, God. I, I knew you were, but I didn't know it. I mean, and now I know more than I did because you come to me and I've experienced your presence. I've experienced you. And now your value just went up. I couldn't increase the value, but you knew how to do it. And so we're born again of spirit and fire so that our value of God elevates and we begin to trust him more. Would that be true? And so we received the promise not only for that, but to, to have a better story. Anybody had some bad stories? I think we all can agree with that. Uh, bad stories are real. But with him, the story gets better. Amen? The testimonies begin to grow. And so we need the promise of the Father to increase our witness of his value in our lives our story of how good God is to us. But not only that, thirdly, amen, we, become, we begin to live a life of intimacy. It's not just the fact that you, know, you and God met one day, but you now, because of the promise of God and you be knowing who you are in Christ and that you're the very temple of the Holy Spirit, he can come to his house because the door's open to him and he can now be king of his kingdom within you. And you can experience intimacy with him. Amen. And you can't explain it, but you have it. Amen. You're enjoying the fact that while you're walking through whatever the challenges are in life that you face, the ugly in life, that that intimacy with God is sustaining you to walk with him and go through what you couldn't go through apart from him. Amen. Intimacy is top tier, which basically, amen, is the next part four is really the second part to part three, which means everybody, amen, if you pay attention, knows the evidence of God is all around us. But to experience the essence of God is what it's really about. Amen. When you walk in the spirit, 
you walk in the essence of who God is. Amen. And the evidence is not something you are really concerned about. It's just what happens. Signs and wonders follow them that believe. Amen. And instead of you being a sign seeker, Jesus said that a wicked generation seeks a sign. When he wasn't beating them up, he was just letting them know that they're not, their thinking process is not correct. Anything apart from the mind of Christ is wicked. Okay? And it may, it may look good, but if it's not the mind of Christ, it's wicked. Amen? It may sound good. It may have a good appearance. It may have a, a mask on. But if it's not the mind of Christ, it's wicked. Is that helping somebody? And so it's easy to seek after a sign so that I can qualify myself to be, you know, God loves me. Because many are going to say that day, Lord, didn't we cast out devils in you? Didn't we do many wonderful works in you? Didn't we do all these things in your name? And the Lord said, but I never knew you. Amen. So the essence of God is top tier, right? You would say that without that, you don't have life. But with God, all things are possible. And so he gives us his promise, amen, to keep us, sustain us, to protect us, to provide for us, to be everything we need him to be, amen. But the main thing that is important for us to know is where he places his name, that's where his presence is. So every one of you that were baptized into Jesus, in Jesus' name, the moment you went down in that water in Jesus' name through obedience, he says, oh, all right, now because you've repented, you've been baptized in my name, you're going to receive the Spirit and the fire. Amen. That's where he places his presence is where he puts his name. Amen. And so if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name today, I would encourage you to be obedient whether you can figure it out or not. I can't figure it out. <laughs> it's beyond my imagination. How, how, how does he do that? And it's kind of like foolishness to me too. It's like, really? Go get in water? Yep, it'll blow your mind if you're obedient. Obedience is top tier to God. He loves obedience, especially when you can't figure it out and you trust him. Whew. He comes suddenly to his house, amen, and he wants to come to his house today, and he's been waiting on some of you to let that door open so he can come in, amen, and he calls you by his name, and everyone that will say, yes, Lord, will go down in water and follow Jesus like he went in water, ah, so that God can say, this is my beloved child and who I'm well pleased. Amen. Go and carry the good news and tell everybody about me. Anybody want to get on the Jesus mission? Everybody is called to walk with him because the fields are wide unto harvest. But there's few laborers. And, and that, that, that's important for us to note today because being a laborer in the field is something he's asking us to, to be. Amen. Then, fifthly, we found out that when we're filled with the Spirit or we receive the promise, oh, we start talking like our daddy. Amen. We find out, amen, what real language is all about because we're letting him speak through us now. Amen. It's not about the language. It's about the presence of God. It's not seeking the kingly language that he wants to speak through us, 
but it's receiving the Spirit of God. So he has access, amen, to us being his mouthpiece. And then sixthly, the sixth part was, amen, if we'll receive the promise, he will order our steps. Amen. And you will walk in the Spirit. You'll be led by the Spirit. Amen. Everything you do, you, you, the world will think you're weird, but you're always asking daddy, what's the next step? What's the next thing, Lord? Because in this world, if we don't have his direction and his guidance and his leadership in our life, we're going to stumble. And he'll work with that. He ain't going to beat you up or beat me up if we stumble. A righteous man, amen, that means an innocent man or woman, if they stumble, they fall seven times, they'll get up and shake it off. Let's try this again. Because he wants his babies to learn how to walk with him. Amen? Would that be true? And so today, 2022 starts off with part seven. I like that number. But this message is what's convicting to me because I didn't plan it this way. 2022 starts off with grace-filled relationships. Grace-filled relationships. And in our world right now, amen, the only way we can truly serve one another is hosting him. Amen. Unless he touches the next person's life through me, I'm probably going to be an offense to them. Anybody been an offense to anybody lately? Amen. And so I... Uh, I want to encourage everyone today that grace-filled relationships are a direct result of personal experience with God. Amen. No one is exempt from their need of grace. Every one of us, amen, come from a fallen nature. We're sinners. And it was because of God's grace that we can even smile today and have any hope whatsoever. I uh, remember a prophet that came to us years ago, and he wept, and he has impacted New Life Fellowship tremendously, and he, he wept as he was ministering, and he said to the congregation, to me and my wife and our family, he said, y'all do not have enough scars for the anointing that's upon this house. He said, the anointing that's in this house requires more scars. I'm like, man, okay, time out now. I don't know if I like that sound, but I do like the presence of God. And all that the Lord was saying to us was, trust me. Amen, trust me. I'm going to make you exactly, amen, and who I've purposed you to be. And the process, yes, can be painful. But if you'll trust me and you'll hang out with me, let's see what happens. Amen? And so grace-filled relationships are not possible apart from the one that gives grace. Amen? And, and I can't give grace to you unless I've first experienced it's like It's like this, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how to go the second mile unless I first experience someone going the second mile for me. Jesus did just that. He truly demonstrated 
what going the second mile looks like, and he did it for all of us. Matter of fact, when he speaks to the ones that are listening to him, he said, uh, when Peter says, how many times should I forgive someone? And Jesus says, uh, 70 times seven in one day. That's 490 times in one day. Now, has anybody ever lived that out before? You may have felt like you did. But let me encourage you, Jesus lived that out in one day. I'm pausing for effect here. He was falsely accused. He was sentenced. And all kind of stuff happened during that time, probably more than 409 times. And he died our death. And he came out of the grave to let us know it's already been paid for. And he trusted humanity to live up to his identity, not apart from him, but in him. Amen. You'll never figure that out, but you can experience it in him. Is this okay? And so uh, I want to give you a few passages of scripture. I think they'll encourage you today. Amen. Uh, um, anybody ever been offended before? Dealt with any grievances? What's the real purpose that Satan wants us to have grievances and offenses with others? What's the real purpose? Well, first of all, it's simple. It's not to live up to the identity that Christ has given us. That's his whole purpose. So grievances and offenses that are touch all of our lives will wear us out and take away our passion to be like Jesus in the moment, in the present, and moving forward. And so in Daniel 7.25, when you get a chance, you get to read that. Daniel is talking about the spirit of the Antichrist, which is in our world today, and goes to church. His purpose is to wear out the saints of God. And so the accuser of all of us is working overtime to keep the grievances and the offenses up here. I know because it don't stop. The enemy does, and I know he's doing it to you. He's doing it to all that are close to us. But the goal is to wear us out so we don't live up to our identity. That's why it's important for everyone to know today, the Lord gives us a promise to empower us, to get us on fire so that we can be his witness. And that witness he's talking about is a grace giver. Amen? He puts people in our path for us to demonstrate his kingdom to, which is grace-giving every day, all day long. And I've come to realize, this will help some of you, <laughs> that the ones that I don't like in my path the most are the most important ones for me coming into my identity. The ones that the enemy magnifies the most in my path as a bigger problem becomes more important for me to become like my daddy. 
And I can't get there unless he's allowed through willingness and availability to use the tools to make me. Amen. And so the enemy does his job well because he works for God. Did y'all know that? He, he, his, he don't have the keys to his own house. He was defeated 2,000 years ago. Did anybody agree with that yet? It don't look like he's defeated right now, Pastor. No, he was defeated, and God took over death, hell, and the grave. And the enemy can only do what he's allowed to do from heaven. God's not doing anything evil to any one of us, but he is utilizing the enemy to do his job well. And if you're tired and if you're wore out and you're beat up and life don't seem fair, I want to encourage you today. Amen. The Lord is just waiting on you to get tired enough to open up and say, okay, here I am, Lord. Take me. Amen. Do what you need to do to get me where I need to be so you can use me. Amen. And God's just waiting on an invitation from us to open up and let him in today. Amen. I know this is good for our world today because right now all of us have been faced with these challenges. Amen. And God's purpose for us is always to receive from him so that we can give it away. He's got things to give you today in this coming together because where two or three gather in my name, I am in the midst of them. And whatever they agree on, I will do it. I don't know about y'all, but that's, that, that gives me hope. That gives me, it gives me breath. That gives me energy, hope. It gives me, helps me stand up and say, yes, Lord, Right? And so the Lord wants to give you some things today, but he's not giving them to you to hold on to it. He's giving it to you so that he can give it through you. What happens when that happens, ladies and gentlemen? He gets his glory. Do you want Jesus to have his glory? Amen. I know you do, or you wouldn't be here today. Everybody in this building today wants the Lord to be honored to be glorified, to be acknowledged. Everybody in this room does. But if you're not able to give it, he wants to empower you to be able to give it. And he wants to give you what you need to enjoy the journey of being like him and giving away what he likes to give away. Amen. Grace, feel, relationships are huge. All believers are called out of the darkness into marvelous light. I'm going to just pause for a minute and give you some things that the Scripture does significantly declare. All believers are called out of the darkness of judgment, finding fault, accusation, hating, and the list goes on, doesn't it? The darkness of. So that we can be like Jesus, stewards of the manifold grace of God. Amen. Everything that I see negative about humanity, God wants me to see what he sees about humanity. This is what it says in 1 Peter 4 and 8. This will be a good scripture for everybody to mark in your Bibles. And, and this is how Peter says it to the believers. He said, above all, love each other deeply 
because love covers over a multitude of sins. Hold it, hold it, but there's a problem here in front of me. But when I let love come to me, the promise, I'm able to love and cover. Offer hospitality, verse 9, to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of the grace of God's grace in its various forms. And I'm going to tell you something. You can give grace to someone, and then the next day you got to give another level of it. And then the next day you have to give another, another various level and form of it. Well, what's going on? This ain't fair, Lord. I've already given them 490 graces. And the Lord said, it's not about them, honey. It's about you becoming. It's about you knowing me in the fellowship of my suffering. It's about you understanding my heart. I'm, that's how he's talking to me. It's not, it's not about them, amen? When, when you become who I've designed you to be, it's about me and others. But right now, what you're having a problem with is about me making you. And people seem to be where all the pain comes from. Y'all notice that? When there's hurt and pain and frustration and all kinds of stuff going, it always seems to be people in the mix. And, and, and you're thinking they're the devil. And at the same time, the Lord wants you to consider what he thinks because he loves them and he's already died for them and he's running after them. And I don't see anything about them that I would run after, Lord. Right? And so it's become evident for me that the one that, and the ones that seem to be the biggest problem in my path become the biggest treasure on my behalf so that the prayer that I prayed, Lord, whatever it takes, get me there. Okay, you asked for it, son, and I'm glad you asked because now you're going to receive. And that receiving looks like unfair, but it's what I need. So can we all agree before I go any further than this, we need Jesus? And that when we say we need Jesus, we need the thing he wants to give us. John the Baptist say, behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world, whose shoes I'm not worthy to loose. He's going to baptize you with spirit and with fire. And Jesus came so that he could pay the debt off die our death, come show us how life is to be lived, and he baptizes us with life and with passionate fire for his purpose and for his identity to work through us. Amen. But I would rather a different way of getting there, Lord. And it's not going to be Disney World on the way, but I can assure you, into the spirit, Disney World don't compete with the presence of God. In this world, in the presence of God, peace that passeth understanding, joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. If that's not happening in your in your in the house, in your body, in your life, in your spirit right now, if that's not the dynamic of your spirit, 
then you must question whether or not you're actually entertaining the promise. Would that be a true statement? Because when I'm entertaining the promise of God, the kingdom comes with it. The kingdom is within you, Jesus says. And it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Spirit. Anybody need to get in the Spirit yet? Amen. We've all experienced the spirit of the enemy enough, and, and it's wore us out. If you want to be energized and you want to be free, let's get in the Spirit. Let's get to a place where we're praying in the Spirit and living a life of being led by the Spirit. Know this. You will always take the empowerment of the promise to be the witness of the grace of Jesus Christ in your life. Amen. Our Adamic nature is in opposition to the nature of Jesus Christ because our grace without God is conditional. But the grace of God when we're hosting him is unconditional. And we're all in. Praise God. Um, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, reading from the Passion Translation. This is what it says. In every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly towards holiness. And that word holiness is revealed in the rest of this passage as grace. Are y'all tracking? For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. In other words, you can just put this in parentheses. Those who don't, are not uh, full of grace and they're in grace relationships, they can't see the Lord. Now, remember this. The Lord is revealed through grace. Amen. We see him in his operation in our world, in our, in our lives through grace. Watch over each other to make sure that no one misses the revelation of God's grace. And make sure no one lives with a root of bitterness sprouting within them, which will not only cause trouble and poison the hearts of many. Amen. As stewards of the manifold grace of God, Jesus will always be seen. I know this is ministering to all of us because we know what bitterness and offense does. And we know how it works. This is important for everybody to get this. You cannot ever understand the grace of God unless you first need it. Right? So the pain in your life when it comes to sin... Sin's not the problem on this side of the cross, right? Sin was the problem on the other side. Shame is the problem on this side of the cross. Anybody ever felt shame? Ever, anybody ever been down and out because you goofed up, you dropped a ball, and you messed everything up, and there wasn't no hope? Anybody ever felt hopeless? This is real. For you to understand hope, there needs to be a level of hopelessness in the mix. Failure, flaws, guilt, sin, mess-ups, ugly are necessary 
for you to come into a place where you understand, know, and have essence or intimacy with Christ. For me to appreciate what Jesus did 2,000 years on the cross, there has to be ugly in my life for me to have appreciation of what he actually did. The enemy don't want you to catch that revelation. And he would rather us pick on one another because of our flaws, failures, guilt, and the list goes on, rather than focus on what God's after. Every one of us are in a process of becoming stewards of the manifold grace of God. That process requires the presence and the power of God's Spirit. Cannot be done apart from Him. I can't love you unless I'm experiencing the love of God through me. I can give you a type of love, but it's not the love of God. I can give you a type of kindness and courtesy, but when I experience God's kindness, I can give you eternal kindness. I can give you eternal love. I can give you something that don't die. It's capital L-I-F-E. But that capital L-I-F-E comes with you receiving the promise. That's where you get the capital L at. And you walk in that life and you're able to give that life away. Y'all think I got it all figured out? You think I'm, you know, I'm walking? No, I'm just as fragile as anybody in this room. I need Jesus as much as everybody in this world needs Jesus. Let me give you a quick analogy. Look, don't ever regret whatever religious influences you've had in your life. Don't ever regret it. Thank God for it. Don't talk down on where you've come from. If there was flaws and follies and mistakes and deceptions, don't ever talk down on it. Thank God, wherever you've been, you needed that in your life so that God can bring you into true identity. So be kind, be courteous, and be full of grace about the journey. You needed it. Just okay? Somebody got deliverance just then. I needed all my religious influences in my life. And let me say, great men and women of God in my life. Just like me, they needed Jesus too. And God works with every one of us wherever we're at. And he's doing it with joy. And he's excited. And he ain't looking down on it. Amen? And yes, the enemy's still deceiving. And yes, the enemy's doing his stupid stuff. And yes, people are failing and stupid's happening. And that's okay because he's developing us. But my experience of grace was sprinkled all over my influences in the past. But primarily, I received the grace of God initially because of the baptism of spirit and fire. When I was filled with that at 12 years old, Woo, man, it changed my life. And thank God for the grace I experienced after that through great people that understood what was going on. And they spoke into my life and they gave me the hugs when I needed. But my religious influence didn't know what to do with what it looked like after you received the Spirit. Because once you received the Spirit and you were baptized in the Spirit, you were supposed to be perfect. Anybody ever? I know the enemy tell us that. And, and we'll think it's God saying that, that we need to be perfect. No, he just needs us to be kids. 
Amen. And, and, and as we grow, we're in a, 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 we're in a perfect state at that because we're at that level of growth. That don't mean we're doing everything like Jesus. But I didn't know how to give grace and often during that time because I was being taught that your flaws after you've been born again of spirit and fire, if you got any flaws, you can't let nobody see them. Because those that are potentially going to be followers of Christ and leaders for the kingdom, if you're in their life, they don't need to know that you're flawed. They need to think you're perfect. And so it taught me to put a mask on. And I didn't know how to do that. But I learned quickly that, okay, they don't need to see the fact that there's more things going on in this life and I need God's help big time. And I'm thinking, man, this is so, and the Lord's okay with that because he needs me to go through that so that I could have more what? Grace for those that were taught the same thing. Not by Jesus, but by the enemy of our soul. I know you're tracking right now, and this has happened several. Because there's lots of hurting people that have been convinced over the years because those that have been spirit-filled, that quit on God because they don't think they have any hope, they think they're reprobate. They think they went past that line and, and, and that they have no hope. And they're listening to that lying spirit. But the Lord wants every one of them to know, oh, no. Oh, no, I haven't quit. You're breathing. I'm after you. I don't quit. Amen. You're alive because I'm chasing after you. The only thing that God cannot forgive is it's not a real word, but it, it's, it, we use it, unforgiveness. So likewise shall your Father do also to you if you forgive not your... The only thing that puts us in a position to where we cannot be forgiven is when we refuse to... That's why freedom is so important to all of us. And it's tied to forgiveness. I can't forgive y'all unless I have the source of the one that knows how to do it. When I didn't deserve it, he gave it to me. Anybody in your life that you feel like don't deserve it? We all have people in our life that the enemy will say, no, they don't, they don't qualify, they don't qualify. And all the while, that's the ones that the Lord's saying, oh yeah, they definitely qualify. He's got great big plans. This is the day the Lord hath made. I've got plans for you, not for disaster, but for blessing and prosperity. He's got great big plans. He's not just saying that to one person. He's saying it to humanity. It's a message of hope to everybody. i got a few minutes here. I want to give you all three very important things that set you up to be effective as grace givers. Amen. David needed people in his life that would help him become the powerful man of God that God had purposed for him to be. Because when you follow the, the life of David, he was illegitimate based on history. And because he was not brought in when, when Samuel came to anoint the king, it's because he was put on the backside because he was illegitimate. But Samuel, being led by God, 
said to Jesse, you, you, you don't have any more sons? Yeah, I got one more. The one that don't deserve it is the one that God says, oh, yeah, that's my one. Do y'all reckon David felt rejected as a young man? Y'all think he dealt with darkness as a young man? But somehow God touched that boy on the backside of a wilderness taking care of sheep and met with him. The presence of God was with him when nobody else was with him. If you feel alone today, know this, you're not. And so... David needed, number one, people that would speak the best in him, who would call out the best in him. Not only did David need that, he needed people that would call out to God on his behalf. And then he needed people who would call the truth out in him. I just want to spend a moment and just let y'all see how God took David, which had issues. And I mean, he had some, he was bloodthirsty. That's what God said of him. He was bloodthirsty. He made some bad decisions. Everybody agree with that? And yet he was a man after God's own heart. With all the stuff he did, he's noted as a man after God's own heart. And so, on the backside of a desert, God pulls him, and Samuel comes to him, and he speaks the best out in him and anoints him as king. But David has more problems than that. Amen. When he kills Goliath... All of the nation of Israel fall in love with him. David has slayed his ten thousands, but Saul his thousands. And a king gets jealous of David and wants to kill him. You felt like anybody wanted to kill you before? And so he runs and hides in a cave. And David's alone. It's not good to be alone. When, you, when you're isolated, some things happen when you're isolated. Number one, when you're isolated, it's hard to really receive God's grace because he needs others in your life to give it to you. And when you're isolated, it's hard to give it because he needs you available for him so he can give it through you. And when you feel like being alone, be careful because the enemy wants us to get alone. I know that. And so David is alone in a cave, and God sends some people to call on God on his behalf. And they were the broken, the busted, and the disgusted group. Is that not true? You can read it in Samuel 16, 2 Samuel 16. And David is encouraged <laughs> with a group of misfits, suppose. But David watches this group of broken, busted, and disgusted. They're in debt. They just, they're not accepted. 
they become mighty men of valor. And they, let, they chose David to be their leader. And they called on God on his behalf. And while David's running from a jealous king, hiding, a fugitive, he even became a terrorist. Do y'all know that? Yeah, he went to work for the terrorist group. Yeah, go check it out. It's in your Bible. And he was causing trouble on the hillsides. But he was a man, a man after God's own heart. Explain that. He was joining with the Philistines. But God took him through that and put him on the throne. And while he's on the throne, he gets in trouble again. And he takes another man's wife. And he kills her husband. This guy's got issues. But he's a man after God's own heart. Are we justifying any stupid right now? No. I'm letting you know whatever it is that's going on in your life that you think so bad. God knows your heart. God knows your heart. He knows you better than you know you. And he don't make no junk. He didn't goof up. And he's not, he's not crying over the spilt milk you're crying over. Based on what he's showing us in Scripture, he loved David. And so God put people in his life. And he sends a prophet that David could have killed because he's the king. But David didn't have that kind of heart. He had, a command, he had a heart for God. And the prophet says to him, gives him a story of a little lamb that one in the, in the city had. But a king come and took that only lamb away from them. A person come, he called him a king took that only lamb from this person that's all they had this person come that had all kinds of extra, all kind of lambs had lambs everywhere and took that one lamb away from that person that had and David's getting worked up in a lather listening to that story and he's saying whoever did this is going to pay dearly and Nathan looked at him and said you are the man call the truth out what did that do to David, y'all? What did that do to David? Did it humble him? Did it bring brokenness? Did he submit? And his impact on the nation elevated. And the love for David among the nation grew. But wait, now he's he got, some of you are thinking right now, you mean the Lord can actually use me after all I've been through and all I've, yeah, but all that stuff that you accepted is belonging to you don't belong to you. It belongs to the one that accuses you of it. He's the father of it. Jesus is the father of something else. 
You see, grievances and offenses are in our life not for evil but for good so that we can develop into our true God-given identity. Amen. And be grace givers. Whatever, whatever you've been through, if you pay attention to what the Lord's saying to the people in your path and you will join with him on how he's speaking about them, you're allowing him the opportunity to finish what he started in them. Every hug, every smile, every time you extend grace to them, you're letting daddy do what he wants to do. And you know him now on a level you couldn't know him any other way. But most of us here today have been impacted by offenses and grievances to the point that we're just wore out. Wore out. And so we know, according to God's own word, that the devil does his job well. The enemy meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I don't know about y'all, but that's a message of hope. That God can actually use me after what's in my past. He can use you with all that's in your past. The only thing the enemy has to hold you prisoner is your past. He don't have nothing else. And so that's all he'll talk about is what's wrong with your yesterday. He ain't gonna talk about what God's doing today and God's plan for your life moving forward. He's screaming overtime, overtime about yesterday. Have you hurt anybody's feelings of late? Have you been out of order with anybody's life? Do you feel like you're the reason that they're in the trouble that they're in? What does God say about that? And if we'll start considering what God thinks about the people in our path versus what we hear logic say about the people in our path, your days are going to get bright. You're going to sleep better. And you're going to rest with him and you're going to trust the fact that when he says, quit trying to seek my approval, you already have it. Hang out with me, and let's see what happens. And can I encourage you today? Hanging out with him means receive the promise. You can't hang out with him and not receive the promise. Did y'all know that? You can't go into the throne room of a king and, not, and leave without a gift. If you go into the throne room of an earthly king right now, if you go into the throne room of any earthly king, everybody that does leaves with a gift. An earthly king. Evidence, you've been in the throne room. Let me tell you, when you enter the throne room of your daddy, the king, that's not going to be just evidence. It's going to be essence. And he won't stop talking about every precious treasure that he places in our path. He just won't shut up about them. 
He's so excited about him. And, and anytime you hear anything other than his excitement about anyone in your path, know this, you're listening to the wrong voice. But I got facts. You have the prosecuting attorney? He can lay the facts out. Man, he's, he's good at that. And when you agree with him, you have joined his team. He needs you to agree with him so he can use you to bring all the evidence. But the Lord wants you to agree with him, the advocate, the mediator, so you can bring all the evidence of the cross. <laughs> and the pavement has already been taken care of. And the blood already covers it. And you can be his representative. Isn't it interesting that God would limit that? He limits himself to us being able to get this good news out. And he wants our feet and our hands to be his feet and hands so that he can embrace. And when we take care of that person in our path that's beat up, he says it this way. When you do that to them, you just did it to me. When you minister to them, you have ministered to me. He went all in when he went and died the death for Adam. I'm looking at Adam. He went all in. And he took ownership. He paid it. We belong to him. Whether we give ourselves to him or not, he owns us and he's proud of us. Amen. Is anybody tired? Anybody wore out? Amen. Has the world in 2020, 2021 closed in on you? If it has, the Lord wants you to have a new day. And he wants to break forth like the noonday sun right now in your life. And he wants to put that in your rearview mirror. And he wants you to quit paying attention to that because we're not going back there no more. Let's go forward. Amen. Could we stand?